0: Hello and thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle. I'm your host, Andy Brenton. Each week you will hear engaging and practical tips and strategies in order to live your absolute best life as a Christian. So let's begin with today's portion of Practical Christian Living. It was a beautiful evening in Zephyr Hills, Florida, clear skies, and my friend Ross had asked if I wanted to go with him for a ride in his airplane. Being still somewhat new to the area, I thought this would be a great opportunity to look at the home territory from a different perspective. We're sitting in the cockpit, and Ross completes his instrument checks. Everything's A-OK, and so he revved the engine, and we headed down the runway. But as the plane was lifting off, I'm noticing how the nose of the airplane begins to climb much higher than the rest of the airplane, and I'm looking straight up. But then I look out to the side, and I notice how wonderful, how magnificent and beautiful the countryside looks. But then I look over at Ross, and I recognize he's not, he's not looking at this at all. He's strictly looking at his instrument panel. And so since I'm not a pilot, I decided to turn that pleasure ride into a learning experience. All those gadgets, I began to ask him, what do they tell you? What are you looking for? I noticed that you keep looking at the one instrument more than all the others. What is that particular instrument that you keep looking at? And he said, that's the attitude indicator. Not altitude, but attitude. How can a plane have an attitude, I had asked him. Well, in flying, the attitude of the airplane is what we call the position of the aircraft in relation to the horizon. So by now, at this point, my curiosity has been aroused, and I asked him to explain more about this. And so Ross said, when the airplane is climbing, it has a nose-high attitude because the nose of the airplane is pointed above the horizon. And so then I jumped in, of course, and added to this when I said the aircraft, when it's diving then, you would call that a nose-down attitude. And he said, that's right. Pilots are concerned about attitude of the airplane because that indicates its performance. He demonstrated by bringing the aircraft into a nose-high attitude. Sure enough, the plane began to climb. The speed decreased. He changed the attitude, and that changed the performance. Ross concluded the lesson by saying, since the attitude of the airplane determines the performance of the airplane, instructors are now teaching attitude flying. That conversation for me triggered my thinking concerning our own attitudes. Doesn't an individual's attitude dictate his performance? Doesn't he have an attitude indicator that continually evaluates the perspective and achievements in life? What happens when the attitude is dictating the undesirable results? How can the attitude be changed? And if the attitude changes, what are the ramifications to other people around him? You see, my friend Ross had an instructor's manual on attitude flying, the relationship between the aircraft's attitude and its performance. But we also have a manual, an instruction book, a handbook on attitude living, and it's the Bible. The Apostle Paul, when writing to the church at Philippi, placed before those Christians an attitude indicator. In Philippians chapter 2, and verse 5, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, Christ gives us a perfect example to follow. His high standard was not given to frustrate us, but to reveal areas in our own lives that need improvement. And so, whenever I study Philippians chapter two, verses three through eight, I'm reminded of the healthy attitude qualities that Jesus possessed. The first of which is that he was selfless. In verses three through four, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And so he was selfless. Secondly, he was also secure, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And so this, again, this is part of the healthy attitude qualities that Jesus possessed. He was selfless. He was secure. And number three, he was submissive. In verse 8, in being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And so Paul says that these qualities were exhibited in the life of Jesus Christ because of his attitude. We see this in verse 5. He also says that we are to have this same attitude in our lives. We have a visual example of a Christian attitude, and we are encouraged to attain it. Paul states in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, therefore, I urge you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies, a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How do we do that? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, the result of a renewed mind or a changed attitude is to prove and to fulfill God's will. And again, we see that attitude dictates performance. I once preached a message from Psalm 34 entitled, How to Face Fear. David was lonely, fearful, and frustrated in a cave surrounded by the enemy when he wrote this comforting message. And the opening of the chapter enables the reader to see the reason for David's success, even when surrounded by... By problems. I want to share this with you. David's threefold process of praise. Out of verse one, we see that praise begins with the will. He says I will bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be on my mouth. You see, David's attitude reflects a determination to rejoice regardless of circumstance or situation. Secondly, praise flows to the emotion. In verse two, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. And so now David is praising the Lord, not only because it's right, but also because he feels like it. And then number three, praise spreads to others. Verses two and three, the humble shall hear and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. David demonstrates that the desired performance, the praise, begins with an attitude that is determined to do it. The conclusion of the chapter records David's triumph. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of these who take refuge in him will be condemned. Attitude living, like attitude flying, says, my attitude dictates my performance. That canopy represents a lot of ground to cover in just one podcast. And so over the next couple podcasts, I hope to examine what is an attitude and why is it important? What are the necessary ingredients for a high-performance attitude? What causes an attitude to become negative or disappointing? And how can a wrong attitude that is working against us be turned around to work for us? And along the way, we are going to discover the attitude indicators revealed in persons described in the Bible, the best handbook on attitude performance available to us since God gave it to us. Obviously, this podcast will not be the last word on the critical subject, but I hope And I pray that it will be an enlightening word to those who understand the importance of attitude, and I hope and I pray it will be helpful to those who want to change it. Once again, I want to thank you for listening to Pursuing the Pinnacle. Subscribe into it and sharing it with those that you love. As always, it's my prayer that God be with you and that you seek Him in all things. Until next time, God bless.